my name is Dana Shapiro from Champaign-Onrio, and you are listening to Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. Champaign-Onrio is excited to be the summer sponsor, and we are honored to be a part of this island community and this new program. We look forward to sharing our delicious champagnes with all of you on this beautiful island. Enjoy the show and cheers. Don't forget, a glass of champagne makes everything better. Good morning. Thank you for listening. This is Camille Broderick with Camille's Demi Hour, where we talk about everything Epicurean on this special island. And today we are very lucky to have a couple in the studio today that were very hard to wrangle in. (laughs) As they say, they like to be under the radar. So let's just keep this (laughs) between ourselves and the listeners out there. We're not actually here. (laughs) So we are speaking with Cindy and Rolf Nelson, the owners of Sconset Cafe, which is a landmark here on island and in Sconset. And we're going to hear their story, which is a magical love story as much as they may not say that, but it, yeah. it, it sure is. And the, the history of Sconset Cafe, which is a, a beautiful little spot. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks it's, for having us. It's so nice to have you here. So I don't know who should start first, but um, you both have a long lineage and connection to the island. So I'm sure you guys have told the story before, but I definitely want to hear it firsthand. Well, we both have different stories that started a long time ago, and then they connected on the beach at Great Point in 1965. And it was there that my mother met Cindy's grandfather. Um, It was a beautiful sunny day, and nobody was catching fish except for Cindy's grandfather. And so you weren't even born yet. I wasn't born. No, Rolf and I were not born yet. (laughs) You might have been born. Oh, maybe I was one. But anyway, pre we. Yes. Yes. So anyway, so 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 my mom marched up to um, uh, to Randy Jellamy and said, "I'll trade you a gin and tonic for a striped bass." And took it moved. There you go. <laughs> and then they developed a long, lifelong friendship. And I always, I grew up knowing Cindy's grandparents, but I didn't, we didn't actually meet until um, we were 17 working at the Sconset Cafe. Yeah. Wow. Yes. My grandmother sometimes says, well, I think that Nelson boy works out there. <laughs> yes, he does. That Nelson boy. <laughs> that Nelson boy. And the, that first summer you met and you were a waitress and you were. I was the first breakfast and lunch cook. Oh, wow. He was flipping yeah. hangs and. I was driving a little moped. I lived in Pocomo, and Cindy lived in Sconset, and and I would, you know, get to work every morning and flip eggs. So that was the beginning of the relationship and the beginning of your culinary experience too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was also the very first summer of the Sconset Cafe. Oh, okay. So I, and the owners then were they were Pam Pam McKinstry started the Sconset Cafe, and at the time she was married to Mark Donato, who ran the Sconset Market and still does run the Sconset Market. And how was the style of food there? Versus now. Well, at that point, it was breakfast and lunch only. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it was simple eggs and fresh. It was on paper plates. You know, it was on, yeah, it was on paper plates. It was. It was. Yeah. Um, wow. It was, you know, it was the way it was. It was yeah. very simple. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, over the years, it's evolved. But that's, so that's, fast forward, what, what would be the next major step of either the relationship or taking over the restaurant? I came back and worked. Okay. Yeah. So Cindy came back and worked um, for Mark. So we, we had spent summers together. Um, with the whole, you know, as many people do on the island, with a whole gang of friends, friends, most of whom you only know by their first name mm-hmm. and, you know, or some nickname that, you know, it's just, you know, that's the way it was and it still is, I'm sure. And um, so then we all went off and did our own thing and we went off to college and I was traveling, traveling and doing things. And, and then um, I was at culinary school at the time. I had decided to go to culinary school at the CIA in Poughkeepsie, New York. And... Um, Every, I'd kept in touch with Pam McKinstry, and she would always send me, you know, a card occasionally. And so I get this card in, I guess it was probably like 
September. And she said, she wrote me, you know, said, another fabulous summer on Nantucket. You know, cafe was busy as ever. Um, P.S. Cindy Jellamy worked for Mark again this summer, and she's still as cute as ever. <laughs> and then on the, ba- on the back of the envelope, in, in Cindy's handwriting, it said Cindy in New York City, and there was a phone number. She's very proud of this hookup. She's, she's very still, proud. Wow. She still says, you're my number one hookup. I would be too. That's <laughs> and when so you play that, Cupid and it works, it's, you, it's your claim to fame. Exactly. So then then um, we, uh, um, I called the number and I get this guy from South Africa who's like, I don't know a Cindy Jellamy, but I know a Barbara Jellamy. And I was living and with my cousin. She was living with her cousin. And so he gave me a different phone number. I called it. And 15 minutes later, she called back. And we hadn't really talked in five years. Oh, wow. And we talked for about... An hour and a half on the phone. And then both of our friends were there. And, you know, when you hang up the phone, they say, who were you just talking to? My cousin was there. And she's like, who was that? <laughs> so it started in New York. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, and when did the transition happen back to Nantucket? Well, we were um, mm-hmm. I was at culinary school still. Mm-hmm. And so I finished out. Cindy was working for an Italian fashion designer in New York. And uh, I was at culinary school. And after about another nine months, we moved to North Carolina together. Okay. Um, to run a country in. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And um, we uh, did that for two summers and worked in Oregon in the off season. And then in the middle of the second summer, we get a phone call from Pam and Mark. Uh-huh. And they said, we're coming to visit you. In August. In August. And like, in, in August? Or in no, North in North Carolina. Carolina. North Carolina. And I'm like, you know, we're like, they've never left Nantucket in, in August. August. <laughs> um, so your antenna went up yeah, and you yeah, just wondered, right. oh, something's up. So, so they, then, they, then they offered to sell us the cafe. And Pam was like, wow. She was traveling in Africa and they mm-hmm. were doing all wonderful things. And they said, we really think that you guys would really enjoy running a cafe. And we're like, okay. We'll take it over. We're all in. It wasn't quite in our, you know, our, our five-year plan, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. It just wow. We just jumped in and, and um, you know, it's and 20, that was 20, 21 summers 21 ago. Summers ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, if you're just joining us, we are with Cindy and Rolf Nelson from the Sconset Cafe, and they're just telling us the story of how they how they started the cafe and inherited the cafe mm-hmm. uh, 21 years ago. So I was really glad to go and enjoy a fabulous dinner there. And uh, so I think over 21 years, I mean, there's major evolution there, both from a business standpoint and as someone who's in Sconset and with the changes on Nantucket. So those are two general big questions, but so how did the evolution happen for you as a business now that it's just dinner, uh, moving from breakfast, and what have you seen change with uh, the clientele and Wisconsin life? Wow, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Um, I mean, I think that if you talk about the clientele, um, I think one of the things that makes Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Cafe so special is that um, the clientele doesn't really change that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we've, well, we've known these we've known them for a long time. We've known some of these families since we were seventeen, right. and then, you know, then they continue on, and we know their kids and their grandkids. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's um, the cafe is more to us. It certainly is more than a place to go and eat. It, it's it's really a place where community comes together. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's also really a touchstone for many families. Like they love to come to Sconset and to see Rolf and I there, and to for us to work with their kids and all of a sudden the kids are getting married and yeah. you, you know, I mean, it's You're just... a fabric of that community. Oh, yeah. it's just the most beautiful thing since sliced bread. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just... It really just, is. just nightly, you know? Yeah. Um, you, it's just, there's just so many gifts. Wow. And, I mean, we, just the other night, a customer came in um, with his family and it was their first night on the island. 
They were so excited to be there. They were just so happy. And the father said to me, he said, you know, said, you know, I buy clothing for my wife mm-hmm. at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I asked my daughter, you know, I always ask for advice. Mm-hmm. And um, the daughter says, well, you know, it's mom. You know, Cafe Casual, Sconsa Cafe Casual is what she likes. <laughs> you know, so, and he knows what that means. He says, okay, white jeans. White jeans and great top. You know. She looks like a million bucks. <laughs> Well, Sconset, as we said earlier, as people say, it has its own zip code. Yeah. Yeah. So the Sconset world, how do you how do you define Sconset within Nantucket? Because it is kind of old Nantucket. Mm-hmm. You can only, when you drive through those little streets and see those little cottages, you really only imagine what it was like to live there. Mm-hmm. It really, I feel that part of the island transforms you back in time and really makes you think, wow, they lived out here in the cold and in the winters mm-hmm. and um what does it feel to be a real, a real Sconsetite? <laughs> I love sharing the history, really. I feel like to really welcome somebody to Sconset is to kind of walk them through some of the history and to understand, you know, this is, you know, they would historically come out and go fishing and families would come out and that's how these little cottages grew. And they started out with one little room and then the wife would come out and then they'd add on the kitchen and then they'd have a baby. And then that's how all the little rose covered cottages, you know, they were yeah. built with warts and that's right. the history of that and uh it it's a slower pace mm-hmm. and i think that that's what allows you to really pace yourself into being a sconsider i think yeah, yeah i mean i think sconsiders have uh an immense pride mm-hmm. of place of mm-hmm. where they are and um um but i you know and i think that that's something that um it's definitely passed down from generation to generation. I mean, there are families out there who've been summering in Sconset for 150 years. Wow. It's a long time. Yeah, it's... You know, to, to continue that kind of a tradition. Yeah, it's more um, of a focused little area. You know, I mean, it, I also think that Sconset gets a little bit of a bad rap <laughs> in that, you know, it's everybody is so exclusive in Sconset. I, I think that Sconset um, is very open. And I mm-hmm. think that we, um, you know, I mean, we in, in, the, in the wine shop that we own, um, right next door to the cafe, it, it's we're almost like a de facto, you know, chamber of commerce because people come in and ask us questions all the time. And these are folks who are coming on right. the bus and they're coming to experience Sconset. Yeah. And I, I like to think that that we are very open mm-hmm. and we will say to people, you know, we'll show them where the bluff walk is or we'll right. say, you know, I mean, Cindy has right. like a list of, stuff. oh, you got to do right. this, you got to do that, you got to do this. And so even if people just come for the day, they really go away feeling like they've felt connected to this to the place. And that's really, I think, what, I would like to think that Sconset is, is that it's a, it's a very special place that has a lot of tradition with a lot of families that have been coming for a long time, but it is a space and a place that um, is accessible for everybody and, mm-hmm. and you can take a piece of it with you. Yeah, it's as if you've gone to another part of uh, like the country <laughs> when yeah. you go to Sconset. But it is, it, it does have its own feel. You really yeah. feel like you went somewhere mm-hmm. when yeah. you go there and come back whether on your bike or... And there's, you know, I think the natural beauty of it is, you know, I think yeah. it's very accessible. Like, you can get down to the beach really easily. Mm-hmm. You can see the gorgeous flowers. Mm-hmm. You know, people take huge pride in their flower boxes. And so it's Is there just... a story with the flowers and the roses that is anything that you know specific mm. with the families that started the roses in Sconset? Was it the weather? I don't, know. I don't really know. The beauty so and why they're so beautiful and why they became part of the... The, I think the best part that I always remember is that, you know, July 4th is when Mother Nature really shows up in Sconset. Yeah. And that's when the roses are in bloom. And it's every July 4th. And it's just, you know, it just 
becomes alive, yeah. you know, and uh, people love it. it. Makes them so happy. Makes them so happy. It really does. It's so easy Usually to make them the happy. Usually, flowers. Yeah. Yep. And you just see people say, "Wow, I've never seen that," and it's oh. just you know beautiful that front walk. Yeah. And because uh, it's like in a picture and a painting going yeah. out there at that time of year. It's it's very sweet. So you have the cafe and you have the bookstore yeah. and um and then the general store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's really, that, that's the center of Scotland. Yeah, and then there's, <laughs> the and there's Claudette's Sandwiches. Right. John. Um, the Summer House, and the Shauna Claire. And the Shauna Claire, right. And the Post Office. And the Post Office. Um, which is a very important part. Of the, <laughs> it's the community center. It's where people gather to, to bump into people and meet and chat. Yeah, so when did the bookstore, that was that inherited as well? With... No, it wasn't. So the bookstore was 13 years ago. Okay. So this is the 13th season on that. And it, it works out great because it's our de facto wine list. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, you know, it's a, a full-service liquor store um, as well as uh, a fabulous gift shop. Right. Um, so it's one-stop shopping. You go in, you can get a bottle of Chardonnay, and you can get a, a cashmere wrap if on a, for a cold, foggy night. That, okay. you but know, we don't carry a book. So it is book. called the bookstore, but there's not a book. <laughs> but there's the book. no book. <laughs> it's important to know. But then you can bring the wine in, too, yes. so it's BYOB. Um, exactly. And uh, and you like that stuff? I think that, I always like that stuff. Very it feels fun. like you're always having – it almost makes it more homey. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you feel like you're getting a little bit of a deal when you don't have to Very spend so. the spend. The yeah, I mean, you get a huge full deal. markup on the wine. But also, from from my perspective as a chef, um, I really like the fact that I can have a huge wine list. Mm. Right? You know, we're right. such a tiny place. We have nine tables. So yeah. storage wise, if we were to have our own liquor license, I wouldn't be able to have that many options to go with my food. But that's right. I have you know 200 wines that people can choose from. Right. Um, and that's great. And I love that. And the setup of the cafe is really functional considering the size. That kitchen is really great. How did you, what design, um, it, was it like that originally? That like kitchen in has been the, the same ki- design since 1983. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, so I was there and there were, I think there was two or one other gentleman training. Yeah. But they, four of them were in this little yeah. space, just almost back to back. And um, it's, it, it, it still seems functional and fluid. Oh, it's very functional and fluid. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I mean, we are, you know, we see 25 people. So, um, you know, I mean, the food that we do is, is, you know, delicious. fresh and delicious. Thank you. It was um, delicious. Um, We're going to talk about what I had. <laughs> I, I'm still thinking about it. But we, you know, you know, you can try to make incredibly complicated dishes, but if you don't have the space or the equipment or the talent to do it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our menu is only as good as the people who cook it. And, um, you know, that's sort of the way I approach it. And so I, I don't try to create dishes that are going to be um, beyond someone's capability or beyond the physical restraints, restraints of the, of the kitchen. Yeah. And, and that's sort of whenever we're doing menu planning, that's kind of what I'm teaching these guys or these interns or wherever they are, who, where they've come from. You know, that's a lot about what you learn when you come to work at the Wisconsin Cafe. It's not just about how to cook. It's about how to design a menu that's going to be appealing to the guest, but it's also going to be functional, and space. and we'll be able to get it done, you know, the way we want it done. Yeah, it's a beautiful menu, and not it, good size options, maybe six appetizers. Yeah, six usually six with a special uh-huh. couple of specials. Um, yeah, we keep it simple, um, but uh, um, you know, it's uh, I love it. I mean, I'm very fortunate. Yeah. It's, well, um, I had the the it was the sausage lobster with yeah. the fennel and grapefruit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can you explain how you made the you, do you use the casing of the sausage? No, and so the, it's yeah, people it's ask so this light. Yeah, so it's, it's like a souffle of lobster, right. and, and and then there were little leeks in there too. The yeah. flavors were beautiful. So what it is 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 it's it's really it's a classic French uh, preparation called a mousseline, mm-hmm. and you you take a protein and 
of fat and you spin it together and, and then you, and then you poach it and when you poach it it kind of creates this um sort of pate in a sense mm-hmm. and then you fold lo- before that you fold lobster you fold in, in. Okay. but you poach it in plastic wrap mm-hmm. um and then when it comes out you you make the skin there isn't really a skin but no, you right. make it just by sauteing the outside of the sausage to bind it and bring it so it creates a texture on the outside and then leaves the inside light so and fluffy soft, like a like a moose yeah and then it just beautiful thinly sliced fennel yeah and fennel then, and, then and then a grapefruit, grapefruit juice yeah. which was they said almost just grapefruit juice, slightly reduced. Yeah, with it's a little it, lemon. exactly, and a little bit of butter. So That's... delicious. It was really, really yeah. good. And so uh, you also have um, a restaurant, too, that you opened um, off-island. How did you segue into this, and how did that project come to be? Well, we moved um, to Amherst, Massachusetts in the winters 2003? No, 1999. When our oldest was going into kindergarten. kindergarten. And um, Wisconsin can be kind of lonely in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> as great as it is, it's still kind of really cold sometimes. <laughs> fabulous for five years. And yeah. then we're like, well, we're kind of the only ones out here. Yeah. You might need a little more. Yeah. You're both, you are both very talented people. Sometimes you would probably need a little more stimulation in the winter time. Well, and we were either like, you can buy another house on Nantucket and live in town, uh-huh. which we couldn't afford that. So we decided to, you know stay in Wisconsin because right. that was our livelihood mm-hmm. and um, to make it work we wanted a great place for our kids to go to school mm-hmm. and also like we got off the map and like okay we have to be within three hours of, of Nantucket wow and uh, that's how we came upon Amherst Amherst Mass, yeah. yeah and it's a, it's a great community yeah. it's um, academic you know academic community so you get people yeah. from all over the world coming in and out mm-hmm. and which I think is very similar to here yeah you know, I mean it's yeah. this is a beautiful community. I mean, everybody's well educated and yeah, interesting, interesting, mm-hmm. and have traveled and uh, and there's a beautiful food scene too. How far are you? Are you in the Berkshires or is no? It... We're in the Connecticut Valley, okay. so we're in the Pioneer Valley. Okay, so the Berkshires is the next county over. Okay, um, and so we're Northampton, Amherst, mm-hmm. Greenfield, sort of the triangle of and it's a five college towns. area. So yeah. you have the flagship of UMass. Mm-hmm. Is there? You have Amherst College, which we have many wonderful clients. Um, a lot of crossover. Um, you have Hampshire, Smith, and Mount Holyoke, yeah. and then you have um, Deerfield, which is a Deerfield Academy. Yeah. Deerfield Academy, mm-hmm. and a lot of clients, yeah. their kids go there. So oh, it's really fun. Oh, there's yeah. tons of nightly. That's great. In both oh, restaurants, fun. it's great. very very fun. Well, if you're just listening, that is Cindy Nelson speaking from the Sconset Cafe um, with her husband, Rolf. And they're in the studio. Uh, and this is Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5, Nantucket's NPR station. And they're also sharing the news about their more recent project in Amherst. It's called the Lumber Yard. And how is that different than the Sconset Cafe? Uh, well, I mean, it's much bigger. It's um, it's the storefront to an old lumber yard. So um, the, the, it's sort of a traditional New England storefront, beautiful hardwood floors, high 16-foot ceilings with stamped tin roof tile, ceiling tile. Um, And we bought the building and um, renovated the inside to the restaurant that we wanted. And it seats about, with the bar, it seats about 70. Okay. Um, And, you know, it's it's almost a perfect compliment because it's the academic year when it's busy. So it's busy September to the end of May. Right. Um, and then the summer, it's quieter. And so it works out really well for us in terms of being able to, to juggle both. But it's still year-round, or do you, do you it's still close? Year, we, yeah. we close for a couple of weeks in July for, for everybody right. to go on vacation. But right. then we are open in the rest of the summer. But we do bring the whole front-of-the-house team um, here from the Lumberyard. So we have worked with these with our team, bring them to Sconset. They you now help us run the house. 
and um, so there's a are you making crossover. Some, are you making some love matches within your yeah, staff we're now? Yeah, <laughs> Never know. I'm sure you have returning clients. We talked about your returning clientele a lot, but um, your staff, similar case, trying to groom people? Yeah, do I mean, they- you do. I mean, it's Nantucket, and I think that most everybody probably gets, you know, a couple years repeat, mm-hmm. and then people move along. Um, but, uh, you know, in the kitchen, the front of the house is different. Um, but, yeah, you, you definitely want to groom people to return because that's that's how you – you know, you design, so you try to figure out, well, where do you want to go for the winter? Right. And you kind of try to help them figure out what they want to do in the winter and, mm-hmm. or, you know, or come to the lumberyard in the winter. Mm-hmm. So right. we're, you know, the so lumberyard's only four years old. So we're, right. you know, this is still like it has been for the last 21 years in an evolving process. Mm-hmm. And you're the chef, you're designing the menu and yeah. you play the front of the house. Mm-hmm. Do you ever switch it up once in a while? Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, no, I can dice and chop with the best of them, but yeah. that's where it stops. Yeah, but she she is the master out front. Oh, she no. is so amazing. She just has this. Yes, they, I ability. told them they have to brag about each other because they won't brag about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, had, originally we were just going to interview uh, Rolf, and no. then he says I can't, I, I I can't do it without my other half. That's oh, part no. of the the show. So um, again, it was great to have you both in here today. Is there anything else you want to share with uh, Nantucket and your regulars? Your Sconset fans and then mm. your regular outside Sconset fans? <laughs> I, I think I would just say, you know, I mean, we've been so incredibly fortunate mm. to have Nantucket be a part of our lives mm-hmm. for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not not everybody gets that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, when you're stuck in traffic at the Rotary, when you are, you know, upset because the stop and shop parking lot's too full or you're fogged in at the airport, <laughs> you know, just remember just that. Just breathe. Yeah, just breathe. <laughs> but remember that, you know, you can always find your Nantucket. Mm. And that's... That's what makes it so special, and that's why people keep coming back. And I think, you know, to travel time with people has been really special. You know, we have our employees that we travel with. We have all these families in Sconset, and um, and, and life goes on. You have highs mm-hmm. in families of marriages and babies, and mm-hmm. then, you know, we have people who have passed on, and to keep them still cherished in our hearts and that we all move forward as a community, and mm-hmm. I think that that's really what life is about. Yeah. It is, and well, you reflect that, and you share that, and it's really special because this this island is special, and mm. everyone shares their stories on right. this island, and it it really is wonderful to um get to the heart of it. And you obviously both speak from your heart, so Aww. thank you so much for sharing today. It's great to have you. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Cheers. Mm. And thank you to our sponsor this month, the wines of Bouchard, Pierre, and Fee, who will be showcasing their white and red burgundies at Epernay Wine Shop this Thursday between 3 and 5 p.m. For more information, please go to epernaywines.com.